If your business has big goals, you need more than just another vendor. You need a true partner who cares about your deal as much as you do. At PropLogix, we provide time-saving due diligence services from title searches to HOA research, lien searches, and more. Our team will go out of their way to ensure you're supported, and our reports are backed by our Six Sigma quality assurance approach. PropLogix, getting you to the closing table with confidence. A new episode of Title Talks starts now. As a title and real estate professional, you're juggling a lot of responsibilities. It's easy to get lost in the day-to-day and not follow what's going on in the news. But being informed about what's going on in the real estate, mortgage, and settlement industries helps you make better decisions about your business every day. Today, we have a special episode with our friends at HousingWire, an online-based real estate news outlet that's begun to focus more on title-related news in the last several years. We're discussing the topics that are trending right now that you should be following because they impact you and your business. I'm Lindsay Gordon, and this is Title Talks. She's a journalist and she writes for Housing Wire. And we're going to be talking about uh, some of the top stories in the title industry that you need to be following right now. Thank you so much for joining us, Brooklyn. Thanks so much for having me. I'm sure that most people in the title industry are aware of Housing Wire and how you guys um, are covering more and more title specific industry news. And um, I'm curious to know a little bit about your background because um, obviously your byline is on most of the stories that we read in the title industry and Housing Wire. So um, tell me a little bit about uh, your background in journalism and how you came to start writing for Housing Wire. Sure. So uh, in my previous life, prior to being a journalist, I was an Olympic figure skater. I represented Australia for nine seasons internationally. Um, And I had gone to school, um, you know, high school and both university throughout my competitive career and kind of had fallen in love with journalism and the stories that you can tell and the people that you get to speak with through being a journalist. Um, And so I really liked that aspect of journalism and that drew me into it. From there, I freelanced a bit after graduating from college, doing a lot with sports journalism. Um, Obviously, you know, given my background, that was something that I really had a passion for and have had the opportunity to speak to some really incredible athletes from both figure skating and equestrian sports, gymnastics, uh, taekwondo, karate, so all sorts of different sports, and was looking for more of a full-time role and kind of found myself over at Housing Wire. And when I had first started at Housing Wire, I was basically a real estate reporter, primarily focused on real estate uh, brokerages, real estate agents, the agent experience in the housing market. And Within my first couple of weeks um, that I was at Housing Wire, Compass started buying a bunch of title companies. And that was kind of my first exposure to the title insurance industry. And uh, it really piqued my interest and was definitely an area that we weren't covering too much at that time. And uh, it's been a lot of fun to kind of build out the coverage and learn more about the industry over the years. So how long ago was that that 
you kind of made that pivot? Um, that was like in late September, 2021. So about two years ago now, almost. Okay. Yeah. So there were a lot of interesting things going on, uh, in the industry at that time. So, you know, going from reporting in sports and then, you know, shifting to real estate and then kind of zoning in here, zeroing in more on, on title, like how does it differ? Do you feel like um, the title industry is obviously a lot smaller than the real estate space that I cover. And because of that, you know, it's it's a more intimate industry to cover. And I get to speak with a lot, uh, you know, more high level executives. And I, I find it easier to kind of get a firsthand look at everything that's going on. Um, and I've also found that title for the most part people are maybe a little bit more willing to chat than in real estate brokerages i mean the brokerage space is so competitive there are so many high performing brokerages high performing agents and there's a lot more real estate agents and real estate brokerages than there are title agents and title companies um so that competitive nature of the real estate space makes it a little bit people are more reluctant kind of to share their their secrets and you know yeah, their secrets yeah. to success and what has helped them along the way whereas title is a little bit more open and so I like being able to have that kind of look behind the scenes I guess if you will of how the industry operates and that that's been fun and it's also helped me gain a better understanding of kind of maybe how things work behind the scenes a little bit in the real estate industry as well. Yeah, I think that's one thing I've noticed and I've been um, working for PropLogix for eight years now and like I think everyone that I've ever spoken to outside of our company has always just been really willing to share what they know and like their experience, which is really awesome. Um, I started the um, State of the Title Industry Report Mm -hmm. uh, five years ago. Well, actually six years ago. This will be our sixth year going into it. And um, every year it surprises me how many people are like going to take the time to share and like that sort of thing. It's just, it's really amazing. I mean, there's definitely competition. I know that there is competition in this industry and there's definitely, you know, there's the different underwriters and and, and larger uh, title companies or real estate law firms. But um, yeah, there's definitely a friendliness and like a I don't know, camaraderie, I think, amongst different uh, yeah, companies definitely. too. Yeah, definitely. That's something that's really struck me at both like at Alta One and I was at NS3 this year compared to some of the NAR conferences. There, There is that kind of sense of camaraderie and like we're all in this together. Like maybe we're competing against each other for market share or things like that. But, you know, we have kind of these same uh, obstacles we have to overcome. So how are we going to get through them together? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that comes with being such a highly regulated industry, probably. <laughs> yes. So how do you keep a pulse on what's going on? Um, how do you find stories to report on? So a lot of it is just talking to different people in the industry. Um, I usually get a lot of great content ideas and get to meet with a lot of great sources if I go to, you know, an NS3 or an Alta one and go to these conferences and speak with different people. When it comes to regulatory things, um, you know, just speaking to some of the different lawyers that I know in the real estate space, as well as people obviously at Alta and other uh, RESPRO and other kind of organizations within the title industry. When it comes to, you know, cybersecurity stuff, I reach out to Certified a lot. They've been a huge uh, help with sourcing different stories and 
you know, just other contacts I've made along the way so far in the industry. Then, of course, you know, earnings reports. Obviously, we're in that season right now, and that kind of helps me get a feel of what's going on, uh, you know, financially for some of these companies. And then, you know, just different reports from Alta, from companies like you all at PropLogix with the state of the title industry report. That definitely is an idea or a jumping off point for a lot of the stories that I report out kind of in the later half of the year or early, um, you know, the next year. Uh, And you know, just following the industry at large, you know, what's going on in mortgage, what are purchase trends, what's happening in the overall housing market, speaking to some of our other reporters that do more of the mortgage coverage here at Housing Wire and, you know, looking at HELOCs and things like that and different spaces where title is involved because title touches basically almost all transactions, whereas mortgage doesn't. And not every, you know, real estate sale involves a real estate agent as well. So, you know, having different sources in different parts of the market and different parts of the industry, you know, trying to paint that overall picture and see how title is fitting in is kind of a lot of what I do in trying to come up with these stories and, uh, you know, figure out where I want to look into next. So how do you determine what stories that you're going to cover in terms of like, do you have an editorial team? Do you guys kind of say like, I'm you know, whatever has the biggest impact. Like, I mean, I know you're one person and you're working a lot. I can tell you have a lot of stories that you're churning out. So how do you make those decisions about what gets covered, what doesn't? Yeah, it's definitely, it's hard. We are a uh, a very slim team, but we definitely put out a lot of great content, I think. Um, So it's, you know, you have to make some tough choices from time to time. Like right now, I am been sitting on an idea for a story about title industry and kind of what's going on with some of these ABAs and joint ventures for like a month and a half now. And I'm finally just now like cleared my plate almost just enough where I can kind of dive into that. But um, it's a lot of, you know, prioritizing and having to pivot and figure out what, you know, what needs to be done right now and what can kind of wait a little bit. Like, obviously, right now is earnings season. We're making sure we're covering all the earnings from all of the major mortgage players, real estate brokerages, you know, the big foreign title, DOMA, of course, as well, and some of the other publicly traded companies. Yeah, it's a lot of prioritization and meeting with editors and figuring out what we want to cover, how we want to cover it. Um, and, you know, figuring out what's what's an evergreen story, what's something, what's an issue that's not going away that we're going to keep mm-hmm. seeing and, you know, what's something that needs to be dealt with right now. Interest rate hikes are obviously something that we've all been like glued to paying attention to what the Fed's doing. Um, you know, there's obviously ongoing talks about, you know, recession, title insurance premiums dropping, and companies are downsizing. Um, there's policies from GSEs that are encroaching on the title insurance mm-hmm. space. Like, so what right now are you reporting on? What stories do you feel like are ones that title agents that may not be paying attention should really kind of like, you know, sit up and and, and take, you know, note of? Yeah, one of the big things, um, obviously, the AOLs and everything that's coming down from the GSEs is not going anywhere, but definitely keeping a close tab on kind of what's going on, if something is coming up, what the chatter is about some of these programs and what Fannie and Freddie have 
uh, you know, are, are possibly considering. Um, so I think that's something that everyone needs to be aware of and keep in mind. Um, but the big thing at NS3, and I think moving forward, is, you know, we've seen a lot of real estate agents and real estate brokerages right now, you know, looking to increase their margins and, you know, just be have a stronger base of support and revenue coming in, especially now that there are so few purchase transactions happening. Um, and so a lot of them are looking at, you know, getting into the title space and forming joint ventures or having uh, affiliated business agreements. And, you know, this is a lot of state regulators have taken notice of this. And, you know, it has been a while since we've had any RESPA actions mm -hmm. uh, in the title industry, but the state regulators are definitely taking notice of some of these trends. And so, you know, making sure that, you know, if you are part of one of these agreements, you know, are you crossing all your T's and dotting all your I's? Is everything up to par and, you know, above board? Um, so I think that's definitely a big concern in the title industry um, and something that I want to dive into a little bit more to find out what exactly is happening, you know, what is being scrutinized and, you know, how can title companies make sure that they're all okay and taken care of if they are part of one of these agreements? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I feel like I, I can recall as I was starting to understand the landscape of like how different companies are organized and how, you know, some are owned by underwriters and then some are owned by huge, you know, real estate uh, brokerages that have title divisions. Like it, it didn't, you know, I think it, it's it's tough to understand and to like really get a good grasp of if you're coming from outside the industry and how how things are sort of laid out and how the different ways that you can can organize as an organization and then learning about RESPA and, and thinking, oh, okay, so how does that work? You know, you know, exactly. How does that play into like following the mm -hmm. rules and the regulations and, and still being this company that's able to potentially, you know, keep everything in-house, you know, and we've seen things, you know, certain companies like really large lending companies that are in the title space that might have really backed off recently, or maybe they were, you know, really um, big into the um, doing the transactions for um, refinances. And obviously that kind of, you know, made everyone have to scale back quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I think that that's really interesting um, because you're right, there hasn't been a lot of regulatory action in a while. Yeah, everyone's kind of waiting for something to happen. And it, it right now it looks like it's coming from or will potentially come from state regulators. But yeah, RESPA, I did a story on RESPA about, I don't know, 15 months ago or so. And it was really interesting to learn more about some of the previous actions and just looking at it from a real estate perspective as, you know, from the real estate agent side of things you know, how much gray area there is surrounding this. Um, and it's a lot of agents find it very frustrating and, you know, title companies also find it frustrating. So it can be challenging to navigate for sure. Yeah, I know. I, I definitely, we hear that come up a lot because we'll do, you know, obviously we're, we're a vendor in the space and we help with 
different services and like title production, but we do a lot of education around like marketing and sales are huge things that title companies generally like small to midsize are always looking for more information on like how do I capture more market share? How do I stand apart from the competition? You know, and they're just like so hyper aware of these, you know, regulations and staying under that like $25 or $5 or, you know, depending on where they are, certain Mm -hmm. states have even higher um, uh, or lower thresholds in terms of like how much you can spend. But Mm -hmm. yeah, they're just like hyper aware of that. And I can imagine feeling like, okay, I'm out here, I'm sweating, I'm trying to figure out how to bring in more business. And then there's this huge company with all of this capital, all, you know, these resources and how, you know, how am I supposed to compete against that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's been interesting talking to some of the smaller title companies. I remember talking to one about a year ago, I think it was called Celebration Title Mm -hmm. and how, you know, one of the ways that they're trying to set themselves apart is, you know, they have these like a confetti cannon and all these different things at closings to really make it into a celebration. And it's been very positive for them. And so it's been fun to see how different title companies are trying to kind of create their own brand and set themselves apart from a lot of the other vendors or a lot of the other title companies in the space. Yeah. And and a lot of what we examine in like the state of the industry is like that duality of like, okay, we have to be fun and we have to like market ourselves and we have to like worry about our brand and we have to like, you know, impress people. And then we also have to like actually do the title work, you know, and it's like, it's a lot, I think, for people to balance and juggle. Um, so yeah, I don't, I love following that kind of thing. So I'm just kind of interested, like for, for you, the things that you write on, what are like the more popular, um, kinds of articles and what gets the most clicks? Um, honestly, I'm not a hundred percent sure about like the metrics side of things, but Mm -hmm. I know from, you know, most of the title reporting that I do is like feature reporting just because we don't have the personnel and the time and I don't have the bandwidth to take on kind of some of the daily stuff in the title uh, industry space and our coverage with that. But stuff that involves, you know, RESPA and regulatory always is popular because, you know, that's such a big concern. As you said, everyone has a very kind of heightened awareness of it. Um, cybersecurity stuff, wire fraud, mm-hmm. that's always definitely going to get a lot of attention. Um, and, you know, that's definitely something that's not going anywhere. And we've seen kind of the fraudsters reinvent themselves several times yeah. over the past, like, 18 months even. So um, that's definitely something I always keep my pulse on and I find very interesting as well. Um, and you know, on the real estate side of things, we've been doing a lot of stuff with, or I've been doing a lot of stuff with climate change and how that's impacting, um, real estate agents and the housing market as a whole in terms of, uh, like availability of homeowners insurance and, you know, rising Mm -hmm. costs of flood and fire insurance in like California and Florida. Um, I'm currently working on a story about the building ordinance in Phoenix that is kind of limiting new construction and things like that. Stories that involve that kind of climate change aspect and how some of the trends that we might be seeing in the future are impacting the housing market. I think those are definitely getting a lot of traction right now as well. Yeah, when you brought up cybersecurity or just security in general and um I noticed that seller fraud seems to be uh, like a hot topic right now. What, how, what is that? How does that like differ from other types of fraud that we're used to seeing in the transaction? Yeah. So I think like the most common or 
the fraud that I usually think of when I'm thinking about fraud in the title industry is wire fraud, where, mm-hmm. you know, there's a uh, business email compromise and fraudulent wiring instructions get sent. And obviously the home buyer is in a rush or whatever, or very excited and just wires it off to what gets sent. And then they realize that they've, you know, lost their down payment basically. Um, with seller impersonation fraud, it's actually, you know, a pretty creative, uh, scam and quite impressive actually. Um, but you know, real estate agents are all looking for transactions right now. It's, you know, purchase transaction volume is way, way down. Um, and so, you know, maybe their guard is down a little bit. If they get someone calls up and says, Hey, I have a property I'd like to sell. Um, with these scams, it's usually, you know, a vacant lot, a vacation home that's not occupied, um, or even an Airbnb type property. And, uh, the fraudulent seller will go to a real estate agent and, you know, nothing will be conducted in person. It'll all be done, you know, over the phone. Sometimes they'll do like Zoom or something like that. They get the real estate agent to list the property. They don't care. You know, one of the big red flags is if they don't care, you know, what the list price is, is that, or they'll list it really low because they just, they want to get it sold and they want to get it sold quick. And mm-hmm. so a lot of people say that these, um, Sellers are like almost too easy to work with in a way. And so that's something that pops up to a lot of people. Um, And yeah, they usually the seller um, or the fraudulent seller will also, you know, be able to pose as a, uh, a notary and get some, you know, what they need notarized to sell the property. The property owner that actually owns the property may not even know that this is going on. They end up selling the property and the fraudulent seller gets the funds and off they go. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Is that the same as deed fraud? Because that's something I feel like that we had heard about in the past. Um, I think it's definitely similar to deed fraud, but there's, yeah, there's definitely nuances and just the the bringing it into the real estate agent and actually like listing and selling it. That's uh, the new twist on things. Yeah. Yeah. So is there, in in that case, is there often financing in, involved too? Like, so there's like a lender no, involved? So no, no. Not usually. They want a cash offer. There may be a lender involved, but they would prefer a cash offer. And that's kind of why they list it low. And in that case, there's generally probably not a title in, um, a title search happening and any other of the due diligence that might normally happen. Yeah, exactly. And also they'll have all the documents they need and they might have, you know, uh, a fake identification, like a, mm-hmm. a fake driver's license or something like that as well that shows, you know, lists their name with the property. And so things will look good on paper. And a lot of these were kind of passing through earlier this year, but they've been getting caught more and more recently um, because I think that just people are more aware of the scam happening. Obviously, any anything that you have a lot of money moving through is going to be a target. Like you said earlier, that fraudsters are just getting creative more and more, you know, and finding out different weaknesses in the. And there are a lot, unfortunately, in in like you know, transfer of of property. There's just a lot of weaknesses still that you know, we haven't figured out or hasn't you know fully been adopted in terms of like better ways and methods of doing things so yeah it's interesting I'm really curious to see like where record keeping and um 
you know, different security measures end up in the next couple of years because it seems like there's got to be a better answer (laughs) than doing it the way we've always done it. Yeah. And I mean, it's hard in the title industry because it is so fragmented with, you know, different counties have different regulations and some places still not even allowing electronic recording. um, And, you know, some counties still having all their records, you know, on paper in a filing cabinet in the basement versus (laughs) online. And so it's, yeah, there's a lot of hurdles to overcome. Yeah, for sure. Is there anything, so since you started reporting in 2021, is there anything that kind of like any sort of change or shift or something that popped up that you, I don't know, that was sort of like a surprising uh, twist of events? Definitely everything that's gone on with the GSEs, with the AOLs and things like that. Um, You know, when I ended up covering title, everyone was like, oh, you know, not a lot happens in the title industry. It's boring or? (laughs) Yeah. It's just kind of like go along as they've always have and you know, there's not a lot of technology and it's just, it's going to happen, but it's, it's just there. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've, it's kind of just taken off since I've ended up covering title. And I mean, it's been great. I have had so many different stories to cover and different uh, topics and avenues within the industry to look into and dive down. And so that's been a lot of fun. Um, But yeah, the everything with the attorney opinion letters last in spring of what 2022 that was definitely caught me off guard, um, and I think caught the industry off guard a bit as well. Um, and it helped me gain a much better understanding of kind of the history of the title insurance industry, and uh, you know how it's impacted by outside forces and everything that goes on with the GSEs. I think it's just it's an interesting story. I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of people are not really paying attention to it, though. I do think that it's like people don't think there's that it necessarily affects them. And it could have a, have pretty big implications, I think, down the line. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of action by the GSEs in the appraisal space. And I think there's definitely some concern that, you know, title could be next and uh, that you know, it's definitely worth paying attention to. And I think one of the biggest hurdles that the title industry has to overcome is a lot of people just don't understand it. And, you know, you probably only buy five, six houses maybe in your lifetime. And, you know, I, when I started covering title, I was talking to my mom about it. My mom's bought, you know, four or five houses in her life. And she had no idea that she could have picked whatever title company she wanted. She just Mm -hmm. went with whatever her real estate agent suggested. And I mean, it's worked out fine for her, but you do have that option. And, you know, people don't understand that so much of what they pay for with title insurance is that curative action kind of at the beginning, not necessarily, you know, what might happen if there is a claim because they just see how few claims happen and, you know, don't feel that, the the cost of the premium is worth it yeah um so where i've been working a lot with alta and the tight you know covering the title industry in general and just gaining a better understanding myself of you know what exactly title is what it does everything that's happening um and you know trying to better articulate that in my coverage and you know in the stories that we write for the audience 
And I was just going to ask, you know, do you, obviously you guys are in the real estate space and you probably have a lot of real estate professionals that are, are reading, but do you guys have an audience that's more consumer based too? Um, not really. Uh, I definitely think there is, you know, obviously some of our housing market coverage and things like that is, uh, a bit more consumer facing and, um, more digestible to consumers. I mean, I don't think your average consumer necessarily, you know, cares or has interest in, uh, you know, the, the second quarter earnings of, (laughs) you know, a Fidelity or a Remax or something like that. Um, but you know, I think there are some stories that we definitely cover that are consumer facing, or at least are the issues are consumer facing. And I know a lot of real estate agents and brokers will share some of our coverage with their clients, um, in newsletters and things like that as well. So, you know, obviously we write with our audience of, you know, title professionals or real estate professionals or mortgage professionals in mind, but with some of these broader reaching topics, you know, you do want to make it accessible to someone who isn't an industry insider. Yeah, absolutely. So um, how do people find your work and follow along um, on what you're covering? Sure. So all of our coverage currently is over um, on the Housing Wire website. We've been upping our social media game a little bit, especially on Instagram at Housing Wire. Some of our real estate stories as well are cross-posted on Real Trends. Um, so those are things that are more real estate agent and brokerage focused, and also stories that involve some of the data that we pull with all of the research and data that we have through the real trends side of the company as well. Well, thank you, Brooke Lee. I really appreciate you sharing your knowledge and I really appreciate what you do. I am a former journalist. I mean, you're never not a journalist, I think, but it's just, I no longer uh, am a reporter. But, um, but so I, I have a lot of uh, appreciation for what it is that you do and like, and covering this space and bringing more light to it, I think, in the like overall real estate industry, because I do feel like we say a lot, it's a hidden industry. Um, and, and you're right, most people don't know what, it is <laughs> outside of real estate at all, you know, yeah. so it's, um, it's really awesome. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's been a fun industry to dive into. Definitely not an area I thought I would end up in, but I'm very grateful to have ended up and, you know, found the title industry. Well, thank you so much. And um, I hope to talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks so much. We appreciate Brooklyn and our friends at Housing Wire. For more information on these stories and more, visit our show notes at proplogics forward slash resource forward slash podcasts. Until next time, happy closings.